Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right here on 830 WCCO, in spite of 31 degrees in the Twin Cities, we are going to talk lawns and gardens. Mary Meyer is with us from the University of Minnesota. Horticultural Science faculty member helps us out from time to time a lot here on CCO. And you you mentioned a word I had never heard of before. Tell me the word and then explain it, please. Okay. I was talking about marcescence. Now, marcescence, this is not a person. Uh, This is a condition when trees' leaves stay on the, the, the tree longer than normal. And this year we saw this uh, with not so good fall colors. Trees, leaves froze on the tree. They actually froze green. on the tree. Froze on the tree green. <laughs> I saw this on an alder and a ginkgo over in the St. Paul campus. And what happens is we didn't see as much fall color with some trees. So we have really nice, warm, growing conditions. Trees are thinking, okay, things are going well here. And then bang, colder than normal weather froze the green leaves and just kind of suspended them and they hadn't dropped off yet. So that was unusual. We do see this sometimes on oaks. Uh, the brown leaves stay on all winter. They never yes, fall that off. I on, see. You, you see that on the, the yeah. lower parts of some trees. That's uh, genetically uh, happens with some trees. And we think maybe it de- de- deters a browsing with deer and so on so that they don't like to – that those are unpalatable things to eat. So they prevent deer browsing from twigs and so on. So it's kind of a preventative measure sometimes for trees. Yeah. But this year it was sad. I, I, it's one of, and, it, you know, it's amazing, Denny, because uh, the ginkgos at the Arboretum had some beautiful yellow fall color that they're known for. Ginkgo on the St. Paul campus, I love seeing that and walk under it. It was just totally green, and then boom, drop the leaves, Dropped. totally green. That abscission layer that drops the, the leaves formed later after they were green. So it was an unusual year for us looking at a fall color, and, some, and sometimes a, a disappointment this year, but that marcescence. Marcescence. It's a word for that. It's, yeah, the... Sounds like it might be a perfume or something. It's a, right. It has something to do with dead dead things hanging on uh, uh, things that are live. But anyway, that's... I that's think some it. of us feel that way because of this weather. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we don't see that every year. It just depends. And you could say, well, it's warmer falls. We've had the nice warmer fall conditions, which are nice, but now it does seem like... Uh, December, January. It seems Kinda cold. Does. It seems cold yeah. out today. We'll right. get a little break here in the next few days or so, so that'll help. Right, that will help. But there are still things you can do outside for gardening. Like Mark, what? Mark Seeley actually got the question uh, yesterday on his weather uh, talk show was, can I still plant uh, spring flowering bulbs, daffodils, tulips, and so on? And I first thought, uh, is the ground frozen? <laughs> no, it's not frozen yet. So, but it's getting cold. But uh, yes, as long as you, you, now is the time to do that. Okay. Now, if you've got anything in your garage, you forgot to plant any bulbs. Yes, you can get out and do that. And we are approaching our best season for pruning. 
So pruning oaks, pruning uh, ash trees, uh, you can start to cut your evergreens for uh, your pots if you want to do your own pots and so on. Yes, so pruning is, uh, you can pretty much do that now except for the early spring flowering plants. If you do have a question for Mary, uh, 651-989-9226, there is a line open if you want to use it, or send Mary a text at 81807. Uh, we'll get back to the phones in a moment. But as an educator, you 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 you're out and about a variety of places. I know you were someplace <laughs> still recently. Teaching. Yes. So yesterday, I was lucky to go to the science teachers convention up in that was in Saint Cloud, mm-hmm. and I did a workshop on the ten plants book. So to, you know, trying to prevent plant blindness. So people tell us will tell see us about plants, that again because it's plants. a book we've talked about in the past that yeah, you're the very proud of. Yeah, the ten plants that changed Minnesota, and uh, I did this book with Susan Davis Price and the. Historical Society Press published it. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun, but as soon as I published it, I realized, well, you know, there's a lot of activities for kids here, for middle school, high school students. So we have a handbook for teachers, and I was giving it out for science teachers oh. uh, yesterday. So if any listeners are uh, teachers for middle, especially middle and high school students, I'm um, happy to connect you with those resources and get those to you so you can use them in your classroom. And of course, the science teachers are all very interested in, in teaching science, but it was a, it was a fun day because uh, the Raptor Center had an owl there for, oh. for teachers to see, and the Ag in the Classroom had a gigantic turkey. A gigantic turkey in a cage, live turkeys. I didn't realize how much noise they made, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun because that was a, a booth near mine. So it was a great, great time to visit with science well, teachers. Well, that's neat. You enjoy your work, doing. don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, teaching plant science is the best. Well, you help our listeners out a lot all the time here on CCO. We appreciate that. I know they do, too. I'll tell you what, before we break, let's go to Linda, who's calling in from uh, Bloomington. Thanks for waiting, Linda. Thank you. Good morning. morning. Uh, question about clematis or clematis, whichever way you pronounce it. What to do about about this plant in the winter in Minnesota? I Are don't. Back or not? <laughs> uh, yes, I don't do anything to my clematis, and yeah, it's kind of a regional pronunciation. So either one goes. Uh, we we say both here. We're very cosmopolitan, I guess, in Minnesota. Uh, but I don't do anything to mine uh, to prepare it for the winter. Uh, sometimes the buds are high on the clematis. Sometimes they're down at the base. It really depends on the type that you have. And so I don't do any pruning. Uh, and sometimes uh, this might make you a little uncomfortable because it can be a big vine that has a lot of brown foliage on it. But I just leave it alone until early spring. And then I see where the buds are coming from, and then I do the pruning. Uh, if you prune it back too hard this time of year, you could actually cut off a lot of the wood uh, that's actually alive on a clematis. All right. There you go, Linda. By the way, our Smart Garden Show around every week is uh, sponsored by our great friends down in Jordan, Minnesota. Call By the Yard. They make the best patio furniture in the whole world. And talk about a green company. We will do that in uh, before this hour is up. So thanks to our folks at uh, By the Yard. If you want to send Mary a text, Eight one eight zero seven, and here's a, te- a text uh, text that uh, referenced what you said about the freezing. What did you call that essence again? Oh, mar 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 <laughs> mars essence, mar, mar- marcent or marcescent, marcescent, marcescent is the condition. Marcescent leaves. All right, so, right. Well, the texture says that happened to our gorgeous Norway maple. Leaves are green and crispy. 
Yes, yes. Now, yeah, and, and so different trees, yes, we're in a different stage of um, going into dormancy and dropping their foliage, but yes. And, and I don't doubt that there are trees in the Twin Cities that are still holding those crisp green frozen leaves. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks, they'll be gone. Uh, Texter says, I thought we had to wait till January to prune trees. Not necessarily at all. No, no, not necessarily. It's when they're dormant, uh, when they're dormant and not growing. And uh, if you look on the My Minnesota Woods page, that's uh, one, where our foresters, our forest resources folks post their references. Uh, they will talk about the uh, low activity now for the emerald ash borer and oak wilt and being uh, good times for uh, pruning. So once we get into the, yeah, the dormant, dormant conditions of winter, uh, which suddenly we are. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we are. Now, speaking of dormant, uh, the texter says, can we put down grass seed now? I assume they mean dormant seeding. Yes, this dormant seeding. I'm going to try this with one of my neighbors, and uh, yes, you can do this now. So we have passed the point where uh, it, the the seed might germinate. It will not germinate now, and that's what you want. You want, uh, before the soil is frozen, to have some freezing and thawing the seed to get down into the soil, and then first thing in the spring when can conditions are right, uh, you will get a jump on uh, that grass growing. So dormant seeding on lawns, yes, you can do that now. Okay, very good. Hang on, Mary. We'll take a bit of a break here. We'll be right back. If you have a a lawn or garden question by phone, 651-989-9226. Or if you'd rather send a text, and we'll get back to both in just a moment. 81807 is that uh, text number. It's 818 here on CCO. 31 degrees. We'll be right back. Uh, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Denny along here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota Extension helping us out. And, Mary, we have callers. We have texters, as usual. Good. So let's, uh, let's help them out here. Let's see who's been waiting. It would be Joan, who's calling from Edina. Joan, you're on with Mary. Uh, hi, Mary. Good, good morning. Chewy. Good morning. <laughs> Not, um, what I'm calling for, I have raised orchids for 30 years, and this last year... I've lost three orchids to a virus. It's been diagnosed as a virus. We've gone online. We've called various uh, orchid growers, and nobody can give me a reason as to why they contact this virus. Do you have any idea? Uh Actually, I, I can do some guessing along with you, Joan, but uh, your 30 years is uh, probably more than mine with my experience with orchids. But usually what we know about viruses is they are often in the plant when you buy them, and they are not expressing their symptoms, so you don't see that. Sometimes it's a maturity thing, an age thing. The virus develops more, and then you'll be able to see it. So I would the best thing is disposing of those plants that had the virus, uh, keeping things clean. Uh, don't reuse pots that you had those plants in unless you really go through a, um, some type of a sanitation and bleach method. But even then, viruses are very tough to uh, control because they are very, very small. So I would do some sanitation, get some new plants, and um, hopefully you just you won't have that issue in the future. The good thing about orchids is there's uh, they're mass uh, propagated and produced today, and they're very inexpensive. So you can buy more new ones, but um, but perhaps not the same uh, heritage or historical ones you had. But I would continue. I would encourage you to continue with your orchids. Just continue to get new ones uh, as clean as possible. Very good. Thank you, Joan. 
651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll get back to the text screen in just a moment. Donna, though, is calling from Bloomington. Donna, you're on CCO with Mary. Mary, thank you for taking my call. I'm wondering what I can do to keep the squirrels from digging up new tulip bulbs. And I'm wondering if I could sprinkle some pepper on it, if maybe that would deter them. Uh, you could try that. Uh, really, the the best thing to do is if you can... Uh, I don't, you might not want to do this, is if you put down some type of a barrier so they can't get in the ground. So this means laying uh, chicken wire flat on the ground, uh, positioning that so they can't really dig through it. Now, this doesn't look so good, and then it's more challenging for the plants to grow up through that. Uh, but for a time period, especially in the fall before the ground freezes, some type of a mechanical barrier uh, really is your best bet. The the uh, odor, uh, like pepper and so on, you got to put a huge amount of that on, and then uh, it evaporates and it deteriorates uh, with rain and so on. So you've got to keep applying it. You've got to keep yeah. applying it, right. Yeah. Uh, daffodils don't have the um, attraction that tulips do. Mm. But uh, tulips, yes, they are they are like uh, onions. They taste uh, very good to a lot of animals. <laughs> so, so the bulb or the plant, uh, deer love to eat the tops of tulips. So, it's it's a difficult issue, other than some type of a barrier. A barrier, yeah. yeah. Dorothy in Minneapolis is calling in with a question. Dorothy, Mary's listening. Hi, Dorothy. Dorothy is not listening. She's not listening to the to the on the telephone. Let's do a text. While Dorothy is gathering her wits about her. My elementary question, as soon as I brought it indoors, it began to bloom profusely. Any suggestions for successful indoor pollinating? You don't have to worry about the pollination with uh, citrus. Uh, They're self-pollinated and... Uh, they will produce well. And the Meyer lemon is not related to me, although I've got a couple of those <laughs> myself. And that's the, it's a cross between a mandarin orange and a lemon. So it's a, a much um, less tart lemon. It's a very easy house plant to grow indoors as long as you have enough light. So they're self-fruitful. One plant, many blooms. They tend to have a lot of blooms on. They'll Several of those blooms, might uh, you might get three lemons growing right together, but... A lot of sun and should be fine. Okay, a lot of light, though. Sean in Rochester is calling in uh, with a question. Go ahead, Sean. We're listening. Good morning. I have a question about watering at this time of uh, year. Black Hills pine or spruce are about one year old. Uh, Can you continue watering? Uh, You can continue watering, uh, but once the soil freezes, the roots obviously are not going to uh, be growing uh, any further. Uh, if we we have had a lot of rain this year, uh, but if you're concerned because they're new, one, one year old, or you have a drier site, yes, uh, I would be uh, put the water on slowly so that it doesn't run away and erode things. But you can water until the ground freezes. All right, very good, Mary. We're going to take our usual break here. But we have more show to come. We have another half hour of the show to come, as a matter of fact. If you want to call in your lawn or garden question, 651-989-9226. Text number, and we will get back to that in a moment, 81807 for your text messages. If you feel that cold air coming in around your windows, or maybe your heating bill, last year, last season, the heating season was higher than it had been before. Time for you to contact Linda's Construction. And ask them about both Season Guard Windows or Infinity by Marvin. 
These windows are tremendous. If product innovation, high-quality performance, and exemplary customer service are important to you when making that window purchase decision, then you're going to love Season Guard windows, finest window replacement systems for your home. Season Guard is the only window to receive the Energy Star three years in a row, made for Minnesota climate. And also now, the Marvin family of brands headquartered in War Road, Minnesota, has become one of the world's leading brands by adhering to the highest possible standards. It's called the Infinity from Marvin, and Lindis also offers that as well. Right now, you can still get free installation on that labor on Season Guard windows or Infinity by Marvin. Some restrictions apply. Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. That's lindusconstruction.com or call them. Here's that famous number, 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personality. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. We'll talk about that great product. I should say products coming up in a moment. If you do have a lawn and garden question for Mary Meyer, now is your chance. There's a line open. You can use it, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six, or t- send a text if that's easier. Eight one eight zero seven. Steve is calling from Greenwood with a question. Mary, go ahead, to Steve. Thank you. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. My neighbor had a, or had one a, a big uh, moonflower plant, and they had the seed pods on them. They're all spiny, and there was a lot of green ones, but only two brown ones. And I took both of each. Now, do those green seed pods, do they have to dry out and crack before I cut them open? And do I plant them now or in the spring? Well, I'm not sure that the green seed pods are going to have ripe seeds, Steve. Uh, If you've got some brown ones, those are, you know, the the more dead-looking the seed pod is, the more likely the seed is ripe. So... Immature seed is not going to germinate in the end. It just is, it's, it's going to uh, shrivel up and mold rather than just um, uh, be dormant for a while. So it's, re- it's kind of hard to say at this point what's dead and what's uh, going to live for you. But it's the springtime that you would plant them. It is not now that you'd plant them. Um, sometimes people keep seed um, in a conditions like their refrigerator. So uh, cool conditions are good. You can put the seed uh, in a plastic bag in your refrigerator. Uh, you could actually, uh, probably better than a plastic bag is a paper bag. Uh, because the, if it's, uh, it might start to mold in the plastic bag. So a paper bag in your refrigerator, the back of the refrigerator, and then uh, next spring, uh, think about planting them outside. Um, by next spring, you'll be able to see the condition of the seed. And maybe after a month or so, you could look at them in your refrigerator, yeah. see uh, what's moldy. And you'll easily be able to tell a difference in uh, good seed and bad. Very good. Texter wants to know, what should I do with my large hydrangea and nine wine bark bushes for the winter? You really don't need to do anything. Uh, many people think about pruning hydrangea this time of year, but you don't have to do that. Um, so I do my the pruning on both those shrubs uh, in the springtime, and so you don't have to do no, anything. Nothing though. at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Judy is calling in from Maplewood. Judy, you're on with Mary. Um, I have a question about an unusual tree. We had two pawpaw trees. One of them didn't make it, and the other one is about eight feet tall. This spring we had oodles of bud uh, uh, blossoms on that tree, and we didn't expect anything because they, we were told we needed two different types for them to cross-pollinate. 
we actually got one pawpaw. How can we make sure we get more next year? So you do still have two trees. No, no, one of them died. Oh, one one died. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm still in shock here uh, with the fact that you've got a papa tree living in Minnesota. So this is a native tree, mostly down to like Tennessee, Missouri, and so on. This is a tree that is a fruit that most people don't experience tasting. It tastes like vanilla custard. And you're right, you you need a couple of trees. Uh, I suggest that you buy two or three new trees from a nursery somewhere in the south and uh, get them in the spring and plant them and hope for the best. I, I really, I, I don't know anyone that's grown uh, pawpaws uh, in Minnesota, but if you're in the city, I can't remember where this color is. If you're in the city, maybe. But uh, gosh, I, I almost would like to see these. I've thought about growing pawpaws myself, but just never thought it would work here because it's so. Uh, it's just we just have colder conditions than uh, where you can normally grow them. All right, it sounds like if you can be successful. Especially if you live down south, it's not, what a great taste you just described. Yeah, there's no storage life with this fruit. Absolutely none, and it looks like it's rotten when it's ripe. So there's some limiting factors here <laughs> with the papa, but it's just incredible. Uh, I uh, really feel fortunate that someone uh, uh, showed me what they looked like, brought some to me at the Arboretum when they were at the peak time to eat, and it's like eating vanilla custard. It's just, really, it's amazing. So this is... Uh, uh, the wonder of plants is that, um, you know, when I was a kid, blueberries were not a year-round plant grown and available all the time. Of course, we knew what they were. But, uh, you know, today we're talking about pawpaws. Maybe in the future yeah. we will have the technology so the pawpaws can be a fruit that we can enjoy at least seasonally, if not uh, year-round. Yeah. So, And it's a native uh, plant, which is uh, very interesting. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's see. Texter says this, I have a landscaping project to finish. Can I successfully transplant hostas right now? Well, hostas are really tough. Uh, I guess if you have to, uh, you could do that. I, I, I probably wouldn't do that if I had any way I could get around it at this point. Hostas are really tough. You want, the one thing you don't want to do is dig them and leave them above the soil. Uh, they're, they're not going to uh, survive out of the ground. I, if possible, I would leave them where they are. If not, uh, you know, you can um, – it's not a big cost to replace hosta. So if, if you're really desperate and getting down to the wire, as soon as possible, move them and uh, put them in the ground as soon as possible. You know, what we Risky. haven't mentioned yet is the website, the university's website. Oh, yeah. So uh, extension.umn.edu, a great website. You can go there and click on what's wrong with my plant, uh, landscaping, get a lot of ideas. We have a great database that Julie Weisenhorn has made yeah. uh, and works on there. So lots of resources there, lots of recommendations and information, uh, tips for what to do this time of year. So extension.umn.edu. You can kind of read up on all sorts of things and be prepared for next growing season. Yes, that's right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Brian in Minneapolis has been waiting on the phone. Brian, Mary's listening. Thank you. Hey, great show, as usual. Thank you. I have an uh, unusual situation with some Annabelle hydrangea plants. Never experienced it before. But a month ago, as they were dying back, one bloom uh, came up and was pure white. 
And so I cut it off and brought it into the house, put it in some water. And this is a month ago. Uh, all the leaves have dried up and fallen off, and the bloom is still as white as it was when I cut it. Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> well, that that is kind of amazing. I think what happens is what happened was the timing of your cutting it mm-hmm. was uh, perfect as far as enabling it to live for quite a long time. Um, it, it was probably young enough that uh, it was just. At, Prior to the peak, sometimes when flowers are at their peak and we pick them, they continue to senesce and die indoors. But this one maybe was a little bit early so that you were able to enjoy the peak of it. Hydrangeas are amazing in that they, if you get them at the right stage, they can um, be suspended and even dried in a state that... Um, doesn't change. But the color, I think really the interesting thing is the whiteness and the color that yours uh, has retained. So that's great. Um, it's, it's interesting. Good yeah. for you. Thank you, Brian. 651-989-9226 if you want to phone in your lawn or garden question or send a text, 81807. Here is a text, Mary. Can you seed now and use weed and feed in the spring? You can seed now with lawns with dormant seeding. Uh, it's uh, when the when the seed will not germinate now, but be give you a head start in the spring. Uh, if you seed, can you still use weed and feed? Well, you don't really want to put weed and feed on until your lawn uh, is well established enough, and you have weeds that are large enough that will take up that chemical. So I'm kind of envisioning a bare area, and if you did use weed and feed, it would be after your lawn has been established enough for you to mow it next spring. Okay. Already thinking of next spring. That's good. Do any texter says do, and by the way, if you want to send a text, 81807, uh, texter questions, do any, any herbs thrive indoors? Parsley is very leggy. Yeah, parsley gets leggy because it loves the it needs a really bright light conditions. Well, I have brought my rosemary plant indoors and I'm hoping for the best. That is not an easy plant to grow indoors, but uh, I have a healthy plant and for a few weeks now, hopefully through Thanksgiving, I'll have some herb to use. Uh, basil is kind of difficult. That likes full sun conditions. Oregano likes full sun as well. It's it's not easy because our herbs like uh, well-drained soil and really bright light conditions. Parsley might be one of the easiest ones, but again, you need that really high light, uh, southern uh, bright light conditions, or even supplemental lights down close uh, near the plant. We talked about a Meyer lemon plant earlier, Mary, as you know. Uh, here's a text that should my blooming Meyer lemon plant be fertilized? Yes, uh, thanks for bringing that up because other than light, that is the next thing. The citrus are really pretty heavy feeders, so regular fertilization even through the winter. You can cut down on the amount and number of times you give it through the winter, but when it's got the fruit on uh, citrus, uh, they especially like acidic uh, fertilizers. So I use liquid fertilizer. So at least once a month in the winter, maybe once every two or three weeks if you're um, – Plants are growing healthy when they're outside in the summer. You can fertilize them every week. All right. Very good. Uh, Mary, let's take a quick break. We have more show to come here on our Smart Garden Show, 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. I mentioned before that By the Yard Furniture, those folks down in Jordan, Minnesota, sponsored the show every week. We appreciate that.
And they wanted me to mention that everyone at By the Yard, and I would like to say the same thing. Thank you to all our veterans today. This uh, business at By the Yard is family-owned, all the products made in America. And it's becoming more and more important to remember and honor those who fought and did fight, and are fighting, for that matter, for our freedom. For this reason, By the Yard offers offers veterans something special. Veterans are going to receive free local assembly and delivery of that furniture. Remember, even though the weather has changed, By the Yard showroom is still open year-round. I urge you to get on the website, bytheyard.net, for times and directions. A great, great showroom. Lots of tremendous ideas there. You can call for that free catalog, one 888 And remember to like their Facebook page and follow them on Instagram for all the latest By the Yard info. New mission products, by the way, are being released very soon. Bytheyard.net. And welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. We are around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Our thanks to Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota joining us today, helping you out. And as usual, Mary, uh, we've got uh, more textures we can help out. A few more just came in. Let's see. Boy, it, ju- <laughs> it really jumped. Let's see. Doo-doo-doo. Can I c- cover my roses now? Did we do that one yet? I don't think so. We didn't do that one yet. Covering roses. Uh, it's a, you know, October 15th is our traditional day. It's Arboretum. Uh, plants have no idea that we have a calendar we're looking at, so they go by the weather conditions. And with mild weather conditions, I actually saw some blooms on roses, kind of frozen, but I did see blooms on roses just yesterday, which is kind of amazing. So, uh, yes, you you probably can cover up your um, your roses now. We are at November 11th. Uh, yes, I would go ahead and do that. I do that the first part of this week when it's a little bit milder. Okay. Texture wants to know, how do I care for my lavender plant? It is still green. Do I cut it back now, cover with leaves, or cut it back in the spring? Do I leave it alone now and cover it with leaves? My perennials are still green. Do I cut them back now? Lavender is a kind of temperamental plant for us. In well-drained soils, I have had some plants that have lived for many years, but good drainage in the winter is essential. I do nothing to my lavender plants, but they are in a place where they get totally covered by leaves. So the natural leaf fall, I just let them accumulate, completely cover that plant off. They usually need some protection in the winter. So leaves are a good protection for them in the winter, but I never prune it until it starts to grow late in the spring. And was there another question with that? Uh, another plant or that, just lavender? Uh, let's just see. Lavender. Um, do, 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 do I cut back now? They're talking about um, perennials in general. Oh, uh, perennials in general? Right, are yes. still green. Do I cut them back now? Um, I, only, I only have cut back diseased Uh, perennials. And then I remove that, put that in municipal compost if you have any diseases. But I enjoy the perennials uh, and their uh, appearance through the winter, especially grasses. Do you know this? uh, Do wasps reuse a nest or can I assume, Texter says, this large one on our maple tree is good to retrieve? I would remove that nest. Uh, this temperature is like this. You will find nothing moving or uh, apparently alive in that nest. So if you can get a pruning, a shears or a long-handled pruner to cut off the branch where the nest is, uh, it'll come down, and then you can put it in a plastic bag, put it in the garbage. 
Another text question says this. We're building a new home currently, and our builder wants to sod the yard next week when it will be 40 to 50 degrees. Is this, ah! a, is this a good idea? <laughs> now, no. I've no. heard <laughs> that folks are, have had success here uh, up until the first snowfall, which we've already had. But Yeah. Well, it's kind of rough. Uh, you know, the, the thing is with that sod is I, ideally we are hoping to get some uh, knitting in of the roots before winter sure. takes over. So unfortunately, it's been very cold now. We are down at, I would say, 40 degrees with a soil temperature, and uh, 45 is where a lot of roots quit growing. Uh, you know, you want a water sod after you put it in, and you you need the best of conditions for at least two weeks I would say, before you get some establishment on sod, it's a big risk. I would really talk to the sod supplier and say if they're willing to recover the yeah. whole thing and replace the whole thing in next spring. I agree. Good. Yeah. I want to mention before we go on that uh, about our friends at Linda's Construction. By the way, the Home Improvement Show is next hour. But uh, as far as windows go, we were mentioning it last hour. If your heating bill was higher last season, maybe you should contact Linda's Construction. They've got a couple of window products that are just tremendous. Season Guard Windows and Infinity by Marvin. In fact, the Season Guard Windows, by the way, finest window replacement system for your home. Season Guard, the only window to receive the Energy Star three years in a row. It's made for our climate here in Minnesota. But also, Lindis also offers the Marvin family of brands. This one is called Infinity by Marvin, another tremendous window product. You can still get free installation on labor, on Season Guard Windows and Infinity by Marvin, some restrictions apply. Just go to lindisconstruction.com or call 1-800-LEAFGUARD. And welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show, brought to us by our friends at By the Art Furniture. Mary Meyer is with us here from the University of Minnesota Extension. Mary, as usual, we have a lot of textures we can help out. Uh, oh, there's so many, so many. Where People do we are begin? thinking about plants. They are. That's great. Let's see. Now that I brought my daughter's succulents inside, how do I manage those for the winter? Succulents are pretty easy. Bright, bright light conditions, the best light you can give them, and really don't water them too much because they, they, the watering needs will be really low through the winter. So low water, high light. Can I cover my rose plant with leaves now for the winter? Yes, okay. I, I would do that. And leaves are a great mulch. Good. Uh, Cilantro had tiny leaves, plant very tall. How to care for outdoors, that plant, in the summer? Yeah, cilantro, is it's really an annual. Uh, the uh, And so it's kind of like parsley for us. You can use the leaves until they die, but then it's going to be an annual, and uh, you'll have to start from seed again uh, next spring. Okay. Uh, well, we have our Creeping Charlie question. <laughs> Uh, we have Creeping Charlie in the backyard. I was told after a hard frost to put down the chemical for it. Can I still do it no, at this time? No, no. Uh, most chemicals need 50 degrees at least in order to be uh, wor- working properly outdoors. It is so, still true that fall is probably the best time for Yes, it is. It is. That it's, uh, Creeping Charlie tends to grow rapidly in the fall, but by now we are into more of a senescence period. It is not green anymore. It's more of a burgundy color. It's already beginning to shut down. Down, so it'd be low uptake of chemical if the chemical if it was warm enough for the chemical to work. So I think it's too late this year to be using any uh, herbicide effectively like that for creeping Charlie. Sure. 
my husband, Texas, says does woodworking and creates a lot of wood shavings, pine, oak, hickory, etc. Can all of those be used as mulch around plants, or are there some, uh, some uh, species that you can't use for mulch? Well, I'd be careful with a walnut. Anything that's a walnut, um, uh, the jew glands has that uh, allelopathy. Other than the walnut, as long as it's not bark, which can harbor um, insects uh, and have other issues, as long as it's the inside of the tree and the wood, and it's not black walnut, which is the most common one for us uh, in the juglans family, yes, you can use it for mulch. There's a three year they have a three year old hydrangea tree listing to the north. How do I straighten it? Can I do it now? Well, you can try you you'd have to put a supporting pole uh on the south and then support it low near the base to try to anchor it back in uh you You could try that now um, and you might uh, want to you might be more effective in the spring um uh, it all depends on how easy it is to access it and if it will stay through the winter uh, tied up, supported. Uh, okay. Uh, somebody, remember we were talking about the pawpaw tree. Can this tree be grown indoors? I don't think so. It's like growing an apple tree indoors. Oh. They're deciduous trees, so they need the dormant period and the, the cold treatment that we have outdoors. So it isn't like a citrus. We have a 25-plus-foot pine tree that has a needle disease. We sprayed it twice this summer. Now it's all turning brown. Is it dying? Uh, I would get an arborist yeah. to look at that, a couple of uh, different ones if you don't get the same opinion. It, there, are, there are a number of needle diseases that affect uh, pines and spruce, and so determining what the tree is is the first thing to do. And you can look on the website, extension.umn.edu, look for some pictures that might look like what your tree looks like, but really you need an arborist uh, to make the, uh, a good uh, call on that. Mary, we have a little less than a minute to go, and maybe we should mention, first of all, the website. Extension.umn.edu. Click on Garden, and then you'll find lots of resources for all your gardening questions. And don't forget to visit the Arboretum. Oh, yes. We're gearing up now for the holiday season. We're going to have some wonderful winter lights out there, a beautiful poinsettia tree. Always a great place to walk around the Arboretum uh, for renewal and reflection Plants are there to help us. Yes, and as, give us a location. What's the direction? The there? Arboretum is west of the Twin Cities, just west of the intersection of 41 and 5, uh, south of Route 5, but uh, we're open every day except Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. It's a great place, Bring especially this time of year. Bring family and friends. Bring family and friends. Have yeah. some hot cocoa. Take a walk. Uh, Great place to visit. It's good to see you again, Mary. Wonderful to be here. My pleasure to be on WCCO. Thank you very much. 31 degrees in the Twin Cities. Get those home improvement questions ready. The Lindis Hour coming up next hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.